I am so excited to announce that I have released the first official tarot diagnosis spread book. Tarot and self-discovery is a therapeutic tarot journey with over 200 spreads, including over 152 card prompts and over 50 robust tarot spreads. You can purchase a physical copy on Amazon or a digital copy at thetarotdiagnosis.com. You're listening to The Tarot Diagnosis. I'm your host, Shannon. I'm a licensed psychotherapist, and I also happen to have a love for tarot. Each episode, I invite you to reflect with me as I work to demystify the tarot and the human experience, all while exploring tarot's connection to mental and emotional health. While this podcast may feel therapeutic, it is not meant to take the place of psychotherapy. So grab your cards and join me as I work to create a pathway to better understand ourselves and those around us. Hey, Alexander. Hi, how's it going? Pretty good. How are you doing? Good. I'm excited and very caffeinated. So thanks for having me. Nice. I recently, I'm yeah. very caffeinated. I miss caffeine. I gave, <laughs> oh, up, no. I gave up coffee in October. Although, well, no, I, I'm still drinking some caffeine. I drink yeah. chai and that's got black tea in it. But yeah. Um, yeah, every time someone's like, oh, coffee, I'm like, I miss it. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I mean, it is a jolt to... My it's probably not great for me long term, but I yeah. think on like a podcast day, I'm like, <laughs> my brain needs to work really fast. So, you know, I reach for it. I, I understand. I was drinking <laughs> a little too much cold brew. I was giving myself heart palpitations. So I had to <laughs> totally. Oh yeah. That can be straight up panic attack. <laughs> yeah, for, yeah. For sure. <laughs> I was like, wow, the anxiety is a lot lately. <laughs> What's happening? Oh, <laughs> all the, the very intense caffeine, but yes. well, <laughs> I'm excited to have you here. I've been so eager to talk to an astrology expert because I know like the bare minimum when it comes to astrology. I know like my mm-hmm. three big signs, but there's just so much to learn and discover. I feel like about yourself in the world and as a therapist who uses tarot for self-discovery and self-inquiry, I feel like astrology just fits within that realm in terms of figuring out like why we are the way we are and just learning more about ourselves. So I'm excited to have you here. And we're going to specifically talk about kind of one component of astrology, well, a lot of different components, but we're going to hone in on the moon, uh, mm-hmm. especially because I'm kind of at that point in my episodes, where I've been going through the major arcana where I'm landing on the moon and it just felt nice to maybe in- intertwine that with astrology and explore with you what role the moon plays in astrology as well. Absolutely. Um, it's funny because I I don't know how I landed on the moon as like not being a specialty, but the thing I just kind of end up wanting to talk about the most. And then sometimes oh. I look at my chart and I'm like, oh yeah, the moon is almost full mm. when I was born, sitting right at the top of my chart, right on the part of my chart where it's about like career and how people see you. And it it hits every planet in my birth chart. I'm like, yeah, actually it does make sense that I'm always talking about the moon and because just kind of, just kind of obsessed with her in general. That's so yeah, I'm excited to get into it. Well, now I'm, yeah, now I'm curious I and mean, you have my birth chart. So I wonder like what the yeah. moon looked like for me because I love the moon. It's my favorite tarot card. Like, oh, that really? Is, I, I love the moon so much. It's always been, there's been this running joke since I started the podcast and within yeah. like my little community that I hate the sun, that it just annoys me. <laughs> I want the dark depth kind of ambiguity and un- subconsciousness of the moon, which is kind of ironic because as a Capricorn sun, I do yeah. like to kind of be in control and make sure things are running smoothly. 
But there's this real allure and draw of ambiguity within the moon that mm-hmm. I I don't know. I just love it. So I'm excited that you g- get excited about the moon too. So I'm, oh, I'm yeah. curious to see where this discussion goes today. Because I know like in tarot, you know, the moon typically serves as this really strong symbol of, you know, like I was saying, like the unconscious and, you know, self-inquiry. What don't we know about ourselves? And mm-hmm you know, allows us, especially when we pull the card to maybe ask, what have I not discovered about myself or what depths can I navigate into that are maybe hidden? What sort of emotions are down and down below that haven't come up to the surface yet? And yeah, how can I just be more emotionally aware? That's usually what I think of when I think of the moon tarot. So I'm curious how you feel like that maybe plays into the astrological component of of the moon yeah uh you know it's funny just like because knowing now that you have your moon in scorpio and we'll talk about what moon in scorpio <laughs> means like that is all very moon in scorpio stuff mm, like oh wow. investigating hidden meanings and the hidden depths and like going to like just traversing these sort of intense emotional grounds and finding like the core truth underneath it all that's like very moon in scorpio too totally so, that's um, me <laughs> yeah so um we're going to talk about, uh, I think we're going to talk about kind of mainly like what the moon means in your birth chart specifically. Mm-hmm. And we'll go through each of those signs and stuff. But um, the moon in astrology, just generally, I think of all the planetary bodies, the sun included. Um, you know, I know we, I know the sun and moon are not planets, but sometimes we use that name uh, mm-hmm. for it. Um, but uh, of, of all the, the planets and the luminaries in astrology, the moon is probably, I think, the most important. Mm-hmm because like nothing so like the ancient astrologers were basically like nothing can really manifest on the earth plane without the moon being involved essentially that makes sense the moon is so powerful it's super powerful super close to earth i mean has a direct has a direct connection to like you know like the tides and our emotions and um i mean humanity has always been frankly kind of obsessed with the moon anyway Mm -hmm. and so uh, because um, the moon is like our nighttime luminary. She's mm-hmm. the one that's sort of providing our, our light source um, at night and she gets her light from the sun. So right. the moon is always reflecting and transferring light. So it sounds really weird, but in a sense, like uh, the moon's connection with the other planets, it's sort of thought to sort of like create our experiences on earth. And like oh, wow. in general, layman, layperson speak, like the moon is directly responsible for like the vibe of the day, essentially, you know, like the I sign that. that she's in, <laughs> you know, like the aspect she's making, like if she's in Scorpio one day and like, you know, uh, making some challenging aspects, it can, it can be like a more challenging day just mm. on planet earth kind of in our personal lives. But if she's like in Taurus and she's happy and comfortable and kind of wants to take a nice bath and she's like, making an aspect to Venus. It's like a day for socializing and that kind of thing. Oh, wow. But, you know, so it's almost like the vibe of the day when you are born is sort of imprinted on you. And that becomes your, so like your moon in your birth chart is your sense of like your emotions, your core needs. It can represent also your home and family and like your ancestral lineage mm. and your raw instinctual like responses to things essentially. Wow. So yeah. I'm excited to dive into that, especially 
Well, definitely the emotional aspect, because that's what's so fun for me. But then yeah, this, <laughs> this added component of family and ancestral lineage is fascinating mm-hmm. because I never would have associated the moon with with that idea or that concept, either astrologically or within tarot. So I definitely want to pick your brain with that and and hear what what you have to say and what you know in regards to that. But yeah, I typically, my knowledge base when it comes to the moon, especially related to astrology, is literally that base emotional line that you had said. I know that when you're reading your chart, the moon is typically how you maybe present or experience emotions. Mm -hmm. So I'd love for you to expand a little bit more on that and how it maybe affects us and and then, yeah, how do we how, how do we read our chart? What does that mean when we have something in when our moon is in something like mine's my Absolutely. moon is in Scorpio? Yeah. Um, so. OK, so um, the moon in your birth chart. Right. So we look at the sign it's in also the house it's in. So if you look mm-hmm. at your birth chart, like the wheel, okay. you'll see that it's divided into these like 12 slices of pie. Right. I'm going to pull that up while you're talking about it. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So each of these slices of pie represent like a different life area. And astrology to me, it's, it it is how we understand ourselves and our inner workings, but it's also very much about our life's experiences. And there is a fate component to it is the way I look at it. I do think like my personal philosophy is our soul has agency when determining when it wants to come into this lifetime, essentially. Mm -hmm. So like, it's almost like, I do think in a sense, you kind of pick your birth chart. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, it, like in a sense of like, here are the experiences I want to have, the lessons I want to learn. It's kind of my my philosophy. And I do not have it all figured out, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> that is you, typically, okay. <laughs> no, I was like, this is what, this is what I'm rolling with. For some reason, I chose <laughs> the moon in Virgo is the, the, the time to come in. But um, yeah, basics is your moon is your core needs and wants. So you have to honor your moon sign and take care of your moon sign if you want to feel safe, secure, and nurtured. And how mm. you feel safe, secure, and nurtured is like dependent upon your moon, essentially, right? Wow. So, and like I, I'm probably going to repeat myself a little bit, but I just want to get all these, yeah, key, please. these key points. This is your immediate and instinctual responses to the world. Like this is mm. coming from sort of like DNA wow. place. This is coming from, <clears throat> because again, like, your moon being about like your ancestral lineage, like this can be about like your moon's responses to things. I think that is unique to your soul, but also it's like, you can't ignore the fact that like of the the DNA that you're born into, like the generations of trauma and experience right. that you're born into. Right. I was like yeah. born Midwest repressed Lutheran. You know? oh, wow. So we're going to be yeah. channeling some of that, you know, so um <laughs> You really had it cut out for yourself, huh? I really, I really <laughs> did. Yeah, my my chart was like, you're going to learn how to express yourself emotionally and uh, work through some of that religious trauma. So, yeah, no big deal. Um, Have fun. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Enjoy. Um, so uh, if your moon is not cared for, like you are not well, like looking at like, because I kind of think of it as like the, whatever, who, I think it's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. Basic yeah. needs versus like, and you're climbing the ladder yes. towards self-actualization. Yeah, totally. And like, I tend to think the sun is more of a self-actualization life purpose piece. Oh, I can um, see that. Yeah. That's a really good analogy. Yeah. Cause sun is more, the sun is more about like your divine spark, but your divine intelligence and higher mind, mm. as well as 
the purpose um, that you are kind of striving for. And you do, and like, if you don't do your son, you don't feel fulfilled. But to be able to do your son, your moon needs to be like taken care of first because it's like you're not going to function in your daily life if your moon is not fed. So fascinating. This makes so much sense. Yeah, because I think about my sons in Capricorn Mm -hmm. and... (laughs) <laughs> I'm a very stereotypical Capricorn. So the idea so, yep. <laughs> of not like working or trying to accomplish something. Yeah. Oh my God. I, what, what, why am I here? Like, what's my purpose? I would be so depressed. And yeah, then absolutely. knowing like my, the little bit that I know about my moon and Scorpio. Absolutely. If those parts of myself are not tended to or, Uh, encouraged to be tended to, then it makes it really difficult to exist in my Capricorn sun persona. Absolutely. So interesting. That's really cool to learn. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I'm just like, oh, Oh, I get it. (laughs) Absolutely. Feel free. I feel like, I feel like, I feel like we're vibing. Um, Okay, cool. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, cause your, your sun is kind of what makes you uh, like special. It's Mm -hmm. like your, it's your light. It's how you shine your light. Right. But yeah, to do that, your, your, your inner needs need to be need to be fed the moon can also represent like our uh this is like secondary to me but I, th- I think it's interesting it can represent your relationship to your like mother or your primary caregiver that's also. fascinating too I would love for you to speak on that as well because I also yeah. would not have thought because I'm uh, my goal here too in listening to how you describe this is to also strengthen and expand my relationship to the moon card because yeah. You know, when, when you're using tarot, you have kind of these interpretations that, that you stick with, but I'm always wanting to grow and expand my knowledge base and how mm-hmm. I'm interpreting these cards. So even just hearing you say it could also represent, you know, the maternal relationship or ancestral mm-hmm. lineage. I'm just like, oh, wow, here's another new way I can look at this card, especially if yeah. it doesn't super make sense when I pull it for something. Now I have these other possible components to to think about, which is really cool. Yeah, I, I always found that piece really interesting. Frankly, like looking at the charts of my siblings, one of them has a difficult relationship with my mom. Like, mm. um, and they their moon and their chart is, this is a more like advanced thing, but looking yeah. at the planet's uh, making aspects to the moon. Okay. That's also going to deepen your interpretation of that. My chart and it like uh, the moon in my chart, she's great. <laughs> and, uh, or it's not, it, like, it, it is the moon in my chart speaks to a intense closeness with mother, but in a way that is flowing and comfortable in my mm. siblings chart, there is, you can look at it and be like, that is a difficult aspect to this one planet that can represent this essentially. So it's weird to look at that. Yeah. (laughs) But I've definitely, uh, that's come up in client consultations before too, especially because like I do psychic medium work as well, Mm -hmm. but I keep that separate from the astrology because you have to be honest with Mm. the technique and the craft. Yeah. However, I do think because of the psychic medium work, my intuition is pre-strengthened. For sure. So looking at someone's aspects and all the stuff in the chart, sometimes I'll make, I'll just have a flash or an intuitive leap, like seeing if the moon is in a so-called kind of more difficult condition, if it's doing all these things, and then all of a sudden I'm getting a leap. I'm like, hey, do you talk to your mom much? Or like, what's that relationship <laughs> like? And they're like, oh, I haven't talked to her since like 1986. Like that wow. was- that was a response I had to someone in actually like a, a TikTok live I was oh doing. Goodness. And I was like, yeah. So I just think um, there's uh, there's a lot of layers to it. But basically on on one level, you could say, if you don't know all the 
different techniques, you could look at the sign of your moon and be like, what is your relation? Or how do you see your mother or your primary caregiver? It doesn't have to be your mm. mom. It could just be your parents in general. It could be your father if they're the one that was like, like primarily taking care gotcha. of you. Right. Like if you're looking at, like, let's say you have like Moon and Leo, you mm-hmm. know, maybe your mom or caregiver was like really glamorous and like life of the party and like, oh. you know, spotlight on them, like that kind of thing. It can be, it can be really like that simple or so. that's the piece that you identify the most with. So how would you interpret a moon and Scorpio with, with well, <laughs> mother relationships? Moon and Scorpio <laughs> is one that I go to often uh, for unpacking maternal relationships because okay. the moon um, in Scorpio is, there's a lot of technical things in astrology, but you have to like humanize it mm. essentially. So the moon in Scorpio, and we'll, again, we'll talk about this when we kind of break down yeah. the moon in the signs. The moon in Scorpio is a challenging place for the moon to be. Because the moon wants to be comforted and nurtured and like, you know, safe. And mm-hmm. Scorpio is like an intense emotional like labyrinth. So um, so it would depend on the aspects someone's moon and Scorpio is making in their chart. But we could say like with, with moon and Scorpio, it could be that sometimes there is a complicated relationship with mother. Sometimes it's emotionally intense or, you know, it, it's... Um, and oftentimes like, yeah, you could be super close to your caregiver or having moon mm-hmm. and Scorpio, but oftentimes there is like an intensity to that Fist. relationship or that checks. person is just intense themselves. Also essentially. checks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, now I saw that and I was like, yep, moon Scorpio. Let's talk about it. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm going to call myself out this episode, I guess. Yep. Totally. <laughs> totally. Okay, so um, the moon is also about um, if like the sun is like higher mind, divine mind, soul spark, the moon is kind of more about a physical body and mm. more about our daily rituals and activities that we do to care for ourselves. Nice. The moon is sort of how our soul is anchored into physicality, essentially. Mm. So, you know, like honoring your moon is like how you kind of just take care of yourself. Like oh, I'm wow. moon in Virgo. Honestly, if I don't like, if I'm not in my health and wellness routine to some degree, I just feel like my life is falling apart. Like I'm like, did I drink enough water today? I'm panicking, you know? (laughs) So I'm like, I'm like, what are my macros today? I need to take my vitamins. That is a very Virgo, Virgo kind of neurotic thing. But (laughs) once I do it, I feel like I'm just so much more in control Mm. um, over my life. And lastly, um, the moon is a huge, obviously it's a huge key into understanding yourself and also loved ones too. Mm. Um, Sometimes uh, the moon changes signs every two and a half days. So sometimes a a birth time is necessary. It's not always, most of the time you can kind of tell, but there are days when it can be in one sign or the other. So if you're going to run chart on like, on someone, it's, it's good to know generally what time they are born because, uh, you know, for instance, I was, I was in a relationship with someone who had moon in Aries mm-hmm. and uh, they were cancer rising. And so this is, again, something we can kind of get into later, yeah. but uh, being cancer rising, the moon is m- even more important in, oh, really? in their chart. Yes. And it just, it describes more of them as a person and like how they act in their life and how they approach everything. And I was like, why is he always in competition with me? I was like, I'm, I don't, what, what is this? And I was like, oh, oh no. he's, 
I didn't realize I was like, oh yeah, he's the moon in Aries. Like, you know, it was an unhealthy thing. And I'm not saying every moon in Aries is in competition with their boyfriend, but I was like, it made a lot more sense. I was like, why can't you just let me have this? Why is everything battle with you? (laughs) So, I mean, there's, there's a reason that we are not together anymore. So, um, you know. So in order to even find your moon sign, I mean, there's so many different popular astrology apps. Um, I will say my least favorite, but the most popular is CoStar. I just can't stand. I don't, like I don't use it either. Yeah, yeah, I feel like everyone will ask me, like, are you on CoStar? And I'm like, I think I have the app, but like, yeah, yeah no, it's, I, yeah. So I'm curious, what would you recommend for like the basic, you know, maybe person who's really just trying to yeah. step into that world? Yeah. What um, would you send them? I like, I mean, I think the free version of time passages is pretty good. Okay. Um, it, 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 you can like upgrade to a pro version. I think mm-hmm. you can only like run so many charts for free, but at least give you your chart. Um, cool. and again, like having access to a accurate birth time is yeah. going to be tremendously helpful. That is a privilege, yes. however, because not everyone has that. But I will say if you have access to find that out or to check birth records, um, oftentimes a parent's memory is not reliable because they right. were giving birth to you. Yes. They are. <laughs> and one of the most intense experiences of their life. They don't know what time it is. Right. So, but yeah, if you have access to a birth time, that's really helpful. But again, if for the moon, it's changes signs out every two and a half days. Uh, you can probably find out your moon sign without knowing your exact birth time. Um, or, or, or you can look on astro.com, um, astro-seek.com. Okay. Um, there's, there's, there's a ton of really, there's a ton of good free race, free resources out there. I like the Chani app a lot. C-H-A-N-I. It's very like, uh, like humanistic approach to astrology. So once you find your moon sign, also, it's interesting to know if you are born during the day or born at night. Um, if Ooh. you're born at night, chances are you may relate to your moon sign a little bit more. There are other factors here as well, hmm. but uh, like, there would just be differences in how I read your chart. If you're born during the day or born at night, that's like a Hellenistic traditional astrology thing. Oh, but cool. generally, yeah, but generally um, we generally just kind of knowing just, just starting with like the moon in the signs, it's pretty key, right? So, and also too, I, I'm going to say, if you're interested in furthering your studies in astrology, knowing the elements, earth, fire, air, water, and oh, then yeah. also the modalities. So um, if something is a cardinal sign, a fixed sign or a mutable sign, it's going to give you a tremendous amount of understanding into the signs themselves, essentially. So that was key for me. Like when I was learning, I was like, oh, wow, signs are a lot easier to understand when I know these basic mm. things. So first up, let's start with moon and Aries. Um, if you have the moon and Aries, this is independent warrior spirit, competitive energy. Like the phrase, just do it, I think is a very Aries phrase. Okay. Because Aries can be, you know, it's the beginning, it's the beginning of the Zodiac. It's like just the urge to start something, to do something. It is a cardinal sign. Cardinal signs are the signs at the beginning of the season. Okay, they're I was going to ask. <laughs> yeah, they are good at starting or initiating things. Um, sometimes not necessarily finishing things, but really good at starting things. Okay, uh, This is very kind of pioneer, um, independent spirit moon. Also, you know, this is kind of like, don't tell me what to do is a very Aries moon thing. Nurturing yourself can be done by like simply just taking action mm. or by leading also too. Um, just kind of charging forward is a very kind of Aries moon thing. It's like, let's take action and think about and think about it later, essentially. Um, especially like, you know, if um, 
I don't know, especially if you were socialized to be like, you know, like, like say that you're, you're socialized as like a cisgendered woman mm-hmm. in society to be like, you know, to kind of take a back seat and be more receptive, but you have moon and Aries. Right. It's like, actually, no, <laughs> that's not me at all. Uh, nerd, like my, my core self is very much like, let's just, let's just get it done. Essentially moon and Taurus, the moon is technically exalted here. The moon's very comfortable in Taurus. So the moon in Taurus, I think just really kind of, it, 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 first, first of all, it's, it's an earth sign. It's mm-hmm. like right here and now, very practical. It's also a fixed sign. It likes fixed signs tend to be more uh, persistent or uh, I don't know. If, or, I would say consistent, um, like follow through. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's a very mm, Taurus okay. thing. Taurus moon needs routine and to know what to expect. Core emotional need is security. They need I can emotional see that. Se- <laughs> yeah. Emotional security and financial security. Yeah. It's like, where is my paycheck coming from? Can I pay my rent this month? <laughs> Taurus is also because, uh, because it's because the moon likes to be here. It's like, you know, Taurus is like, uh, there's this kind of stereotype that Taurus is like the foodie, which I think is yeah, true. Yeah, I've heard a that a lot. lot. Yeah, which is true a lot of the time because Taurus is ruled by Venus, which is like love and beauty and. In, a, in an earth sign, it's a very embodied Venus. So it's like, it, Taurus moon likes to feel good. They like mm-hmm. soft blankets and like a hot bath. And, you know, again, being in their, being in their routine, this is also, I think, a very kind of reliable energy. Um, sometimes, um, and, and just very centered on taking care of their, their physical needs. Um, sometimes moon and Taurus is really not fond of taking risks and they can kind of get stuck. Sometimes it's like I'm, you know, mm. afraid of, of of taking of taking that leap. Um, moon in Gemini, you need to like continually process the world in your surroundings and to learn and study things. If there's a, if it's like a really extroverted Gemini energy, it's like they need someone to just kind of bounce off of mm. and to talk to or to like use as like a sounding board to just kind of process their own emotions, essentially. It feels like Gemini energy. <laughs> yeah, totally. And it's just, it's, you know, Gemini is ruled by Mercury, the planet of communication and information. That's very mm-hmm. much Gemini's energy. There's a constant need to learn and ask questions. This place when I think can get restless or feel bored somehow mm. easily, like just being stimulated, like they need to be stimulated and really move about the world. Um, very curious. Gemini is a mutable sign. I mean, you, like Gemini is so mutability is about multiples being able to feel a couple different, especially with Gemini, it's feeling two ways about something or seeing both sides of something. Mutability is also just like really flexible and adaptable. Um, Sometimes it can be inconsistent. Gemini can be inconsistent on like just sticking with one thing. Like Moon and Taurus will stick with one thing for the rest of their life. And Moon and Gemini right. is like, I'm bored. I don't know what yeah. to tell you. It's <laughs> so, such a stereotypical Gemini like, it is, trope. It, it is. <laughs> but it is, it, it's it's a trope for a reason. Yeah. You know, like um, Moon and Cancer. Um, so the Moon actually rules Cancer. Um, the Moon and Cancer can often find itself in like a natural caretaker role. Um, it can oh. be nurturing, sensitive, very family or clan oriented. I'm not, it doesn't have to be blood family. It can that also be like one's, one's chosen family, essentially. Very concerned with the past, can be quite sentimental. This is a very psychic and intuitive sign. And, you know, like there is like that trope of like, oh, cancers are moody. I think the reason for that is partially is because the moon moves through the, the zodiac the fastest, essentially. So, hmm. 
moods can often be ever changing. I would say if like, if you have moody cancer and you're like, I'm feeling really moody today, it can really just mean that it's time for some self-care, frankly, and like kind of putting that back on yourself. And I would say moon and cancer, making sure that you nurture yourself, which is, you know, kind of a, kind of a cliche. I'm like, if you can't love yourself, that whole thing, but it, it is, yeah. I think, very true with, with, uh, with um, the moon um, and cancer. The moon and Leo, Leo is a sign of the sun. Like, you know, the sun is radiant and just like in every, but it's like, you know, this is the sign of like the spotlight. If you have moon and Leo, it's like, you need a spotlight to a certain mm. degree. You need to be, you need recognition for what makes you special or what you bring to the table, essentially. This is also, I think, a need to express um, express yourself creatively if you have moon and Leo or just express yourself you know, in whatever way that you feel that you need to. My sister has Moon and Leo as our DM for Dungeons and Dragons. And like, mm. and they're like, and they, and once she was like, I really just think I like it because I get to do funny voices and, you know. And but she's she like, like likes, she's the DM. So she's, it's yeah. kind of like every, everyone's looking at her to be like, yeah. Wait, what's going to happen next? Yeah. So she's very fun. much like needs to be main character. Oh, <laughs> like, okay. you know? So this so, is main character energy. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And sometimes, you know, with the moon, like if the moon is in like, a, if you have moon and Leo and it's like, say in like a, a more hidden house, mm. it's more obscured. It can be be uncomfortable bringing that out, but it's like at, at oh, the same time, you need to bring bring that energy out. Um, this also can be very kind of gregarious and very generous. I think Leo can be a generous sign. Like Leo is the sign of the king and queen. Mm. And um, so I think like nurturing, nurturing your moon and Leo, it's like, you know, bring out your confident style, your panache. Like it's okay Ooh, to yeah. be the star and to be seen. Oh yeah, allowing yourself to be seen. Yes. And then uh, also with Leo too, because it is a fixed sign like Taurus, they value loyalty and also just consistency. Like, you know, um, it, it, it's not, it, Leo is a sign that's not necessarily flaky, essentially. Mm. So Moon and Leo sounds like someone I really want to be around. Like there's someone yeah. who I kind of like want yeah. in my inner circle. <laughs> yeah. Especially, you know, like that's a, that's a, a sign that's going to gas you up. You know, it's like, like, I would say like a centered healed Leo is uh, a centered balance. Leo is like, let's share the spotlight. Like Aww. this is what makes you, you, you special too. I would say, you know, a, a, a Leo that's on the opposite end of the spectrum. It's like, everything is about them. Very dramatic. Gotcha. <laughs> you okay. know, like, yeah, so we want that balanced centered yes. Leo energy in our, in our <laughs> totally, circle. <laughs> totally, totally, totally. <laughs> Having the moon in Virgo. This is a very practical moon, right? Like Virgo, moon and Virgo likes to feel useful and valued for what they contribute. Mm. Um, moon and Virgo can certainly have like perfectionist tendencies because Virgo is a sign that's always trying to improve and refine and make things better. Um, Virgo is always seeking perfection. It's never going to mm. get there, but it's always seeking right. it. Virgo is the other sign ruled by Mercury, which, you know, it, it tends to have a very analytical and it's it's just like a more mentally oriented moon. It's going to be more comfortable in the realm of thoughts than it is necessarily and just like connecting right to its emotions. Okay. Um, also, Virgo is a mutable sign. So it is more flexible. It is more adaptable. It's able to kind of roll with the punches a little bit. Even though Vir moon and Virgo has like a, there's typically some kind of system. They may actually be, there's like this, thing that I think people think Virgos are super organized. Mm. It's not necessarily the case, but they have their own system for doing things. I see. Essentially. Okay. 
So, uh, and I would say Moon and Virgo, usually, sometimes, not one for overly emotional, showy displays. So, like, each sign next to, like, because it's next to Leo. Leo is, like, drama. Moon and Virgo is, like, I... (laughs) <laughs> too much. I, I, I don't need. I don't need all that. Um, and I would say, uh, often talented healers can be found mm. with, with with women, or even like writers, editors. And I'm not just limiting you to to right. to, to these things, but it, it can be really good at editing. Uh, I would say uh, with Moon and Virgo um, can often be, again, like this, like the shadow side or whatever. Um, can be overly self critical or critical to um, mm. its loved ones or whatever. Um, it's like it's like seeing what's wrong before what is you know, celebrating like what's right. Essentially. Right. Okay. Moon in Libra. Libra is ruled by Venus first and foremost. This is planet of love, beauty, balance, and, and unification essentially. So moon in Libra is often talented at creating beauty um, all around them, whether it is like vi- visual and aesthetics or fostering emotional harmony. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if there are some kind of visual artists, it's like often you're going to find like really good balance, like perfect balance and how everything is related and this is also why sometimes Libra can get uh, like hung up on like the details or because like the shadow is like not being able to make a decision because they're often searching for this sort of perfect balance. Uh, Libra is really sensitive to relationships and really good at bringing balance, fairness. They have a really strong sense of justice because again, the sign that oh, yeah. sort of represents them is, is the scales. So this can often be like peacekeeper kind of energy. Um, sometimes Moon and Libra can have issues when it comes to confrontation because like okay. there's a core need to be accepted, um, you know, mm. liked essentially. Uh, moon and Scorpio, this is a moon sign. Again, we kind of talked about it a little bit before where the moon likes to be comfortable, gentle, Scorpio is not. And since the moon is exalted in Taurus, this means that she is in her fall in Scorpio. Oh, so it's like... If you have the moon in Scorpio, comforting and nurturing yourself is may not look like what it looks to most other people, essentially. You know what I mean? Does it like not exist? Because no. I mean, mean, um, yeah, it's definitely, I mean, because like this is, Moon in Scorpio tends to feel emotions to an intense degree. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes, um, this is this is a placement that can kind of go to extremes. It's like very much this is a, you know, uh, like this is like we're gonna go to the underworld. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> I'm figure out you with me <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's me. we're gonna we're gonna go through 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 hidden depths. This is yeah. this is this is um, a moon that's gonna just go deep. That's kind of mm-hmm. where they are at. The, where where they are at home is is going deep with things. And frankly, at, at home with things that just kind of completely transform them, mm-hmm. essentially, it's, you know, you're, you're not going to stay the same with, right. with, with Moon and Scorpio. Tremendous emotional yeah. depth. Also, again, it's a very psychic energy, very intuitive energy because they, inne- they innately kind of understand what is hidden from view. Mm. So um, whether that is, you know, just kind of like, I find Moon and Scorpio tends to have a knowing without knowing why they know it. Of like oh, whether fits. it's yeah. hidden relationship dynamics, like, you know, kind of picking up on like, you have this like specific trauma, don't you? After like talking with them for a couple minutes. Or not even. You know? <laughs> totally. I'll just be around and, someone and be like, this is what's happening. Exactly. <laughs> so you exactly. You can even say anything and I know what you're feeling. <laughs> um, uh, Scorpio tends to penetrate emotional, uh, t- it tends to penetrate like hidden uh, mm. layers and boundaries often without meaning to. It just mm. does 
And but and so because of this, they have the ability to either move through really difficult or intense situations better than most and understand what that's like for other yeah. people. And it's a very resilient energy mm-hmm. as well. Um, Good. And again, like I mentioned before, um, this can this can represent complicated relationship with caregiver. Or if if it's not difficult, their their caregiver may be like magnetic or really emotional, like really emotionally intense or mm-hmm. something related to that. Oh, and also, uh, last thing with Scorpio, it's a fixed sign, like Taurus. It's going to okay. value, you know, like you uh, try to push a, a moon and Scorpio around. Like I just dare you. Like <laughs> they're probably not going to be moving for you. No. Like, you know? <laughs> so, uh, so like good luck to you, sweetie. You know, um, good luck to you. <laughs> yeah, so, that's accurate. <laughs> uh, we have the moon in Sagittarius. Um, Sagittarius is a, it's a fire sign. It's passionate. Um, it is, it's also a mutable sign. It's flexible and adaptable. And this is a, this is a place that needs like freedom and adventure. Mm. Um, there often is a, a desire to travel. Sagittarius is associated with like, is associated with like, you know, far off places, essentially. Um, this is also about like, you know, needing to expand, um, the mind to connect to your beliefs and spirituality and like, what is the big picture of life, mm. essentially, like this. Sagittarius is like, yeah. And it's, it's, you know, often like the philosopher, like mm-hmm. Sagittarius can be very much like, I think can be like the academic and connected to like, you know, higher education, yeah. or it could be like, I'm traveling around in a van and just having like life experiences and like living life by the seat of my pants is also very Sagittarius energy. Nice. Um, that's partially because Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter. Um, Jupiter in astrology is planet of expansion and faith and optimism. And I think to nurture yourself, having moon and Sagittarius is like understanding the bigger picture and often just like living the hell out of your life. It's yeah, kind of what this guy like is it. kind of, you know, so, um, um, uh, but yeah, so that is, that's moon. And I, I would say with one thing with moon and Sagittarius, I feel like they need space. Like, uh, oh, like I can in, see that. Absolutely. You know, like in, in relationships, it's like, uh, don't pin me down necessarily. Like kind of, you kind of, kind of let them just sort of do their thing essentially. And I often find it can often be kind of depends where it is in chart, but it can be blunt. <laughs> also mm. do like, Hey, here's what I think. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, moon and Capricorn. So opposite to moon, to moon and cancer, the moon rules cancer. This means, um, the, the moon and Capricorn is, it would be considered like in its detriment, which is, uh, I, again, it's, it's, I'm not saying every moon in Capricorn is really challenging, but it, it's, it's just less at home than the moon would be in Cancer. Mm, because Cap- Capricorn is ruled by Saturn, planet of self-mastery, boundaries, limitation, yeah. like your life's lessons. It's sort of, so your moon sign being in this, in, in this energy is always really interesting to me. Um, there's a need to accomplish and achieve. Um, often with 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 the moon and Capricorn, um, it can be really self reliant um, energy, um, and can often feel with Saturn like ruling Capricorn. There can often feel a deep sense of responsibility, like mm. and the need to highly achieve. There can be there's legendary stamina with with Capricorn energy, and because of the Saturn thing and all this stuff. Sometimes they can be good. Sometimes they can delay self-nurturing or self-gratification to almost extreme degrees sometimes. Oh, like, wow. I'm going to push through or like I knew this, 
um, this comedian that was just like really, really pushing their career in comedy for so long and would like live in just it's like tiny box apartments and like mm-hmm. never really take care, like never really like indulge in like taking care of themselves. Right. It was just sort of like, you know, just always like achieving. So that's like on the extreme end of this. So having been a Capricorn, it's okay to relax, to take care of yourself. You don't need to be responsible all the time. Um, sometimes there's a sense of lack early on in life mm. also too with Capricorn. Um, just because Saturn is this, you know, Saturn is this planet that's like coldness and it's like, you know, it's, it's just, it's not, it's not, uh, it's like learning to be warm and fuzzy is something that Moon and Capricorn, I think it's just sort of, sort of learns kind of over, over the life. Mm. Um, Aquarius moon, uh, I think like Sagittarius in a different way, it does not like to be emotionally crowded. Aquarius is an air sign. Air signs are all really connected to intellect and the mind. And Aquarius is a sign that is a moon Aquarius can be more logical and intellectual and often strokes of brilliance. And it's a core need is to be like intellectually understood. It's not a warm and fuzzy necessarily mm. energy either, because traditionally in astrology, Aquarius is actually ruled by Saturn. Oh, so um, in, in modern astrology, it's they think it's Uranus because of, of its discovery. But I, I go with the older rulerships. Mm-hmm. Uh, Because it just makes more sense to me. Um, Aquarius moon can also be connected to like more like the larger needs of humanity also too. And it's not that it's not emotional, but it just may not be super comfortable navigating the heart necessarily. Also because it is a fixed sign like Taurus, like Leo, like Scorpio can be tremendously stubborn, especially like in their Mm, beliefs, um, essentially. Like they can really think that they're right about something and, and can... And, you know, in extreme cases, be very kind of inflexible. Last, I always feel bad about, because I was do I was going the order, order of the Zodiac. And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, Pisces is always last. I'm so Poor sorry. Pisces. And they're already so <laughs> emotional. They're probably just like, it's fine. It's okay. <laughs> I know. I'm used to it. <laughs> yeah. yes, totally. So um, uh, the moon in Pisces, very imaginative, very uh, tremendously empathic, very sensitive, very dreamy. There is a core need to occasionally escape or tune out. I think that's okay. Like mm-hmm. you need to, with whatever it is, it's just not doing it too much so where you're not embodied and like living your life and being in the moment. Uh, but being being able to escape, I think is a need for a moon in Pisces. Wow. And um, sometimes there, you know, often there is trouble with energetic and emotional boundaries. This is a tremendously psychic and intuitive sign. So like learning, honestly, sometimes if you find yourself, I'm like, yeah, I'm just like sensitive to energy all the time. A little psychic development class here and there, like learning to protect your energy, learning to shut that off for like separate your energy from other people, I think is tremendously helpful for Moon and Pisces. Like you don't need to take on everyone's stuff all the yeah. time. You know, on the uh, the extreme shadow side can be like martyrdom. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, or, uh, you know, or, or never fully being here and being present. You oh, know, because again, that. it's yeah. like, it's okay to like trip out and whatever, but it's like, occasionally you have to like, or to the grocery store and like, right. just clean your bar. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, so, but um, I, I do, I do love, I, I do being a moon Virgo. I'm always mystified by mm. Virgo and Pisces are, are opposite signs. And I'm just okay. like, wow, I, I wish sometimes I was that just open, you know? So. Right. It's, it's so interesting sitting here, listen, listening to you describe each of the, the moon, each of the signs in their moon, if that's the right way to say that, or yeah. <laughs> the moon in those signs, because, yeah. you know, my kind of like core little group 
you know, I'm always where, what's your birthday? What's your time of birth? Like, where were you? you know, so I do, even though I don't really like, I don't know any, any, anything near to what, you know, it's, it's nice knowing kind of like the top three and hearing you talk about each of the signs. I'm like, oh yeah, this person is, that's so this person, that's so that person. And as I was listening to you, I was thinking how, if we know information like this, and it does seem to fit the, the people we're thinking about, I feel like it could be a nice way to develop empathy for, for people. Because a lot Absolutely. of times, especially like when people are behaving a certain way or we don't really understand, gathering this type of information can help us be a little bit more patient with them. Oh, yeah. they need like this validation because, you know, they're a moon and whatever. <laughs> okay. Totally. I, it's not that they're like just trying to be you know, or not just that they're a narcissist or whatever. It's just that makes sense because that's their chart. Uh, So having that understanding, I feel like, yeah, allows us to be a little bit more patient, maybe develop some, some empathy for the people around us. And, and then also better understand, you know, ourselves and, and the process. So it was so cool hearing, hearing all of that. Cause I'm just like, oh yeah, this person's this and this person's that. Another thing that I, I want to pick your brain on though, and this is fascinating to me is, how the moon relates to like our family lineage and Mm -hmm. ancestors. How do you, how would you work with someone on that? Like, what would that sound like? What information can you give us about that? Um, I would look at the moon and also for me, I'm going to be looking at your fourth house as well. Okay. And what's Um, like, what would that, how would we find that? So you would look to, you would look at your birth chart. Mm -hmm. And you're going to look each, even if you don't have any planets and people are like, you know, people might not have planets in the seventh house. I'm like, am I never getting married? Because someone else is partnership. Mm. And I'm like, no, that's dumb. We all, a, no, a lot of dumb. us don't, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of us don't have, a lot of us don't have planets uh, in certain houses in our chart, but you're going to look to the sign on the cusp of that house. So for your fourth, so you would, you would either look to the sign on your fourth house cusp or also look for a point called the IC. It's the bottom part okay. of your chart. And those along with your moon is going to describe family lineage, um, your, your connection with all of that. And again, like if, uh, let, let's say, so you're looking at the sign of the fourth house cups. If, if it is Virgo, um, Mercury is the ruler of Virgo. So you're, you're going to look to Mercury in the chart to describe, partially describe your family, your lineage and mm. all of that. Because, but because it's probably a little bit more advanced. Um, if you're looking at, if you're just kind of, I, I would just kind of stick with the sign of the moon and what house um, it is into. Like maybe just help you kind of partially describe your relationship to your family, to your home life. There's just uh, the, the, the ancestry and lineage thing would probably be a secondary thing that I would look at at the moon. It's not the primary thing. Gotcha. Um, but for me, I have the moon in Virgo. And frankly, like if you look at uh, certain parts of my family, like, you know, my mom always jokes about her, like a repressed, I guess, like Midwestern upbringing. <laughs> and um, moon in Virgo is not super comfortable with like displays of its emotions essentially Mm. and like you know and also for me it's just like my tendencies to be like I need to be like to follow the rules and be like well behaved and I think in this lifetime I'm trying to release some of that Mm. um and because again there's layers to astrology the moon in my chart is conjunct my south node south node has to do with like 
I think past life baggage um, and uh, these tendencies to bring in it it really that these tendencies that I bring in into this life that I kind of need to balance out. So it's like, I'm supposed to lean into the Pisces side of myself where it's like, for me, that falls in my fifth house of creativity and the inner child and just like not always having to follow the rules and like fit in a box and just kind of let go of things sometimes. Mm. And also to go into deeper realms of like emotions and expressing it and talking about my feelings, frankly. So that's fascinating. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm so I've never had an astrology reading. And so I'm curious, like if someone were to come to you for an astrology reading, is this the type of information you would share with them? Like what would oh, someone yeah. expect to like, what, what would a session with you look like? I feel like they're never long enough. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm I, so and, and so if you're coming for a birth show reading, it's an hour and a half mm-hmm. um, because we spend about 45 minutes on the birth chart. And then I also spend half of that time talking about what's coming up for you for that year also because I love predictive astrology and talking about like, you know, like your cycles and like where you're at in life and where you're going and understanding your past. It just makes, it makes your life make a lot more sense and being Mm -hmm. like, Oh, there's, there's an order to this. Thank God. You know, at least for me, that's kind of, that's, that is kind of a relief. So for, um, I mean, I always start with, I go around the wheel Mm -hmm. essentially and there's always so much we can talk about, but there's always certain things I'm going to hone in on right away, essentially, okay. if I see kind of jumping out at me. I do ask you when you do your little intake form and you give me your birth your birth information, if there are any special topics that you kind of have in mind. People usually are like career money family, right, career of course, money yeah. like relationships. But then I'm like, I'll be looking at your chart and I'm like, oh, you have the ruler of your career sector in your fifth house of children. And that's in Scorpio. Do you work, do you work with children in sometimes like extreme conditions? And she's like, yeah, I'm a NICU. Oh, wow. That's That's wild. And you wouldn't have known that beforehand because they're not listening like what their job is. Yeah. So um, astrology is often very literal. Um, It's not just about understanding yourself emotionally. It's looking at the circumstances of your life and kind of where you're going and looking Mm. at your purpose um, like, you know, where are, where are you supposed to go in your life? What are like, what are the lessons that you're learning? But also on the practical side, I'm like, if someone's like, I like to make more money, where should I go in my career? I'm like, oh, the ruler of this is in this house. You have a lot of talents and ease kind of oh. in this part of your life. I remember, I mean, I did a, I was at a, did like a party once. I was hired mm-hmm. for a party. And I remember this always stuck out because it was kind of right at the beginning of me reading professionally and like kind of putting myself out there more. Yeah. <laughs> And like one person that was talking all about her emotions and this stuff. And the other person I was like, oh, your ruler of your 10th house of career is, or like you get a fulfillment through high achieving kind of roles. And also do you work with other people's money? Because mm. the ruler of her 10th house was in her eighth house, which can be complicated emotions, but can also just be accounting other people's money and resources. And she's like, I'm actually the VP of an accounting firm. What's oh just like God. her job? What? <laughs> so, I know. <laughs> this is wild. So, yeah. So, but if you were to come for a session, I'm going to start with your ascendant. We're going to talk about your attitude, your approach to life, your relationship to your, to your physical body, and then also the ruler of that and what that's doing. And that's going to talk to me about where you're going in your life, like where you need to focus your energy. And then I kind of make my way. So I always think I'm going to go in order. I am kind of abstract and I kind of jump around to where mm-hmm. I'm kind of pulled to. So we talk about your sun and your moon. 
But we talk about every planet and every placement and kind of what it means. If there are patterns that I'm noticing, I do feel like life lessons and difficult things show up in the chart really easily, as are the areas of your life where you're blessed and things go really easy for you. Mm -hmm. So um, I often have a lot to talk about. Um, and I feel like I go into a lot of, I was recorded too, because oh, nice. when people Good. are like, I, people are like, I don't really want a recording. And I'm like, I'm going to send it to you anyway. You will. You will. Yeah. You will. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you're, you're, you're going to want to listen to this. Yeah. No, it's like <laughs> half of it. You're not really going to absorb. Right. right. Away, I feel like, but I often feel like the chart is a way for your soul to come through and just be really yeah. validated and like, you know, your inner core self and your life's experiences, you know? So, so I'm, I'm curious. Um, and if you don't want to share this, I can, I can edit this yeah. out. Um, but I'll ask. And if you don't want to answer, you don't have to. I, I would love to know what has been, well, two things. What's been maybe the wildest experience you've had reading uh-huh. someone's chart? And then mm-hmm. what's been the most fulfilling experience reading someone's oh, chart? Oh, man. Um, that's a really good question. I'm happy to share. I just have to think about it. Okay, so I have a couple different answers. Um, one reading comes to mind. So usually most of the people that find me are women, gender fluid people, mm-hmm. trans people, gay men. Mm-hmm. This was like a straight, straight guy. And we really open and I just liked his energy. And, um, and I was talking about, I think I, I, I love talking about career specifically, mm-hmm. like what, you know, like kind of what your not that everyone's career is their purpose because right, it is right, often, right. they can, they can be two different things. Um, but just kind of pointing people in the right direction and sort of affirming them that like, yeah, uh, you're going in the right direction. Yeah. Cause I was talking about a couple things. I remember talking about like, I was like talking about career specifically and I was like, okay, there's something with healing centers, hospitals. And he's like, oh, my family has run nursing homes mm. for like a long time. And then I was like, there's also something in the, there's also something in your chart about like, it's like, fine, like, it's like, I get like a conservative energy financially, like financial planner. And he's like, I was a financial planner for many years. Wow. And the, and the, the piece I thought was wild was I was talking about like, there's just so much in your chart. That's about, I, I mentioned, I remember talking about like, did you have intellectual and communication challenges when you were a child? And he was like, I didn't talk till I was like five. Oh my God. And the, the piece, I was just like, there's an inventor quality to your chart, like brilliant insights, inventions, you know, uh, out of the box thinking that has to do just with you and also career. And he's like, so I'm actually moving into this, but he like invented a robot that like helps veterans like walk. Yeah. So that was just like, it was very validating for me that I was on, I was on the right path. And I was just having a connection with someone this like kind of Christian dude that was again, very open that I just was like, I can, this is where I'm supposed to be. Wow. And um, generally speaking, like it's just always feels really good to be able to help kind of orient yeah. people. Like, hey, you're, you're supposed to be going this way. Like those feelings that you feel about yourself are actually totally valid. And again, that that self that self-acceptance piece of like, mm. you know, like even for me personally being like, owning my son. I have a, yeah. uh, my, my son being in Taurus. Like I didn't get it for a long time when I was younger because I got into astrology because I found out my rising sign. 
which is Scorpio. Oh, okay. I was like, and I'm like, oh, that makes so much sense. <laughs> and, uh, but owning my son and being like, I like routine. Yeah. I'm very in my body. I like sensual things. I'm very connected to food as well. Cause there, 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 there's an asteroid about harvest that's mm-hmm. on my son as well. So I'm very connected to food and serving people. Wow. Um, and just, it just, you know, layers of, I think, self-acceptance is just one of the biggest pieces. I would say challenges. Um, I love predictive astrology. Mm-hmm. Um, there's definitely an ethical consideration yeah. when it comes to it. Um, like who, because you're, if you're looking at something and I'm like, this could potentially be really difficult, mm. but you don't know. Ex- sometimes you don't know, you aren't God. You don't right. know exactly. And the ethical, you know, I, as I, I've learned a lot from my early days. I was like, this looks like an awesome new beginning. And it was certainly a new beginning, but it was a very traumatic. Oh, because no. I just didn't know. I didn't have the training that I do now. Right, of right. Having those subtle like layers of stuff. And, but predictive astrology is, I love it. And it's, I'm always learning more about it and more about natal like birth, uh, birth astrology. But I do both of those things when you come for me for a consultation. That's so. so exciting. Yeah. And one one last question I have too is, yeah. so what advice would you give folks who want to connect more with their maybe big three? And and yeah. is the big three a good way to connect? Like, is, is that what you should be connecting to? Mm-hmm. Just what sort of advice or guidance would you give to folks who want to connect more with their their zodiac signs and their astrology yeah. chart? Um, definitely read books. Read um, books. Tic- yeah. Tic- tic- TikTok has only so much information, and a right. lot of people on TikTok have no idea what they're talking about. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. so like I, I try to do my own thing and not constantly stitch people because I'm just, because yeah. part of me is like, what are you even talking about? That makes no oh, sense. Good advice. You know? Yeah. I'm just like, I'm just going to put out my thing and not feed into negativity and don't stuff. Don't believe everything um, on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Don't believe everything on the internet. Read. There's lots of, there's lots of books out there. Libraries free. Yes. Um, you know, you don't, if you, if you don't have the means and resources, like the library is there and that is free. Yeah. So, and you can always um, request books from your library if you didn't know. So don't be totally. shy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah. And I would say like big three is a great place to start. If you have your birth time, I just, honestly, for me, knowing my ascendant, mm. my rising sign was my entry point into astrology because I actually started out with numerology when I was like 18 mm. and um, I got heavy into that first because I found a teacher and it just was like very destiny, I think yeah. at that point, but it led me into more stuff that I do in this field. And uh, astrology came slowly over time, but I realized I was like, this is a calling like, cause astrology is not easy. It's not like, no, it's not just a vibe check where I'm right. like, yeah, you're giving, you're giving these vibes. I'm like spending a couple hours preparing someone's chart before I yeah. do a consultation, you know? And I'm like, I have all these notes, but it's the intersection of all my data and notes and just connecting <laughs> and being like, actually, where am I being led to? Right. So yeah, I would say big three, learn your moon sign, learn mm-hmm. what house that's in, learn your sun, learn what house that's in, learn your rising sign. Because your rising sign is your attitude approach to life. It mm. sets up the whole architecture of your birth chart and where everything falls and um, it also learned that astrology is thousands of years old. Yeah. There's a lot of different approaches to it. It's not all, you're going to find contradicting opinions. Sure. You know, there's the astrology that I do, which is like more Western, tropical, but there's also <laughs> like medic astrology that has mm. like just, it's insanely specific. And so like, 
I would love to study that too. I don't know. <laughs> so study so, all yeah, the I things. Mean, yeah, study all the things. And um, it's um, a, a couple of books I'd maybe recommend. Uh, what is Channing Nicholas's book? I think it's Astrology for Self Acceptance. I think okay. it's what it's called. It's Channing Nicholas right now. But honestly, just check out your local library. Yeah. I think the Astrology Podcast is a great place to start too because cool. it's just they have hundreds of episodes and go with who you resonate with. And again, like, do your own, I don't know, do your own research. You right. Know? Well, so, and speaking yeah. of podcasts, so you also have a podcast. Can you tell folks where they can find you, where they can yeah. hear what you have to say about astrology? Yeah. Uh, my podcast is called To the Stars in Astrology and Intuition Podcast. You can find it on Spotify or Apple or anywhere you listen to podcasts or just Google my name, mm-hmm. Alexander Creek Astrology Podcast. There's, I'm sure you'll find other ones where I popped up as a guest too. Um, I just restarted it. Um, it's going to come out at least bi-weekly. So I do like, I'll be doing like bi-weekly, like astrology weather forecasts, like new moon, full moon. Nice. And just teaching bits along the way. And then, you know, bonus episodes with like, just really whatever I want to talk. It could be interviews with people. You'll see a lot of old episodes cool. from a couple years ago. With I'm interviewing different healers and astrologers and psychics and stuff like that. So, uh, and then... Uh, TikTok and Instagram, you can find me uh, under my username, Docstar Oracle. Um, I do a lot of like little short videos, again, astrology, or sometimes I'll talk about like spirit guides and that kind of stuff too. Um, if you want to book a reading or just find out more about me, DocStarOracle.com. Thank you so much for listening to The Tarot Diagnosis. For more tarot and mental health content, follow The Tarot Diagnosis on Instagram. You can also subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and sign up to receive The Tarot Diagnosis emails where you'll have access to exclusive spreads and exciting announcements. To join an incredible community of tarot and psychology enthusiasts, join the Tarot Diagnosis membership community, The Symposium, by visiting thetarotdiagnosis.com.